Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. My name is Matt Pohl, founder of the Rewild Group. We believe that as a fundamental part of the human experience, that work is not only essential, it's valuable, that work matters. That's why we're on a mission to multiply the number of exceptional businesses globally. We want business owners and their employees to thrive at work. Thanks for joining us for another episode where we discuss stories of how leaders are having a lasting impact on small and mid-sized businesses. Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. I'm Matt Pohl, your host, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Rick Ivanovich. He is the founder and CEO of TRG. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Matt. And and before we start, I like to quickly share a core belief that I hold dear. Okay. We we all have the potential to be architects, architects of change. Okay. And in this area that we live in, which is really defined by constant transformation, mm-hmm. our task is not just to keep up, but to actively shape the path forward. Now, when people look at me, I started out stacking shelves in a supermarket and learning the ropes of people uh, uh, people management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I moved to immersing myself in the rather more precise world of accounting. Yes, I'm a bean counter. <laughs> and later navigating the constantly evolving landscapes of tech and humans. So my story really demonstrates the power of transformation and, more importantly, continuous learning and the significant impact that each one of us can make. Every day, our actions, whether they're big or small, shape the future, shape our future. So as we discuss stuff today, Matt, I want everyone listening to remember this. You are your brand, and every single decision that you make is part of the unique story you're crafting for yourself how you react, how you adapt, and how you innovate in the face of all of this change will define your story and your legacy. This belief of inspiring each of us for consistently higher achievement is the cornerstone of my work. It's it's my life purpose. So as we dive into our conversations today, Matt, let's not just think about adapting to change, but about how we can define the change. After all, when we embrace our unique abilities and our unique qualities and strive for that personal growth, we're not just participants, but we're catalysts in our ever-changing business as unusual world. So let's get started, Matt. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think that's uh, totally in line with uh, the Rewild Group's uh, really the why that why we exist. And that is, we believe that work is a, is really an important component of the human existence. And that work has such a powerful ability to shape us and to grow us and to stretch us. And I mean, where else do we get asked to do things we haven't done before or to do it better? And in, in our personal life, it's very easy to kind of just be okay with status quo. But in the workplace, we're constantly challenged to grow and to do things better. And that's what I hear you saying is that we should look at that as an opportunity for growth and change and take a proactive role 
in what that's going to look like instead of a passive role. And so absolutely, because we think we see that work is important, we, we want workplaces uh, to be exceptional because when they're exceptional, the individuals, both the owner and the employees that are in, working in that exceptional environment become a better version of themselves and they return to their homes and their com communities and their nations, a better version of themselves, and they have a positive ripple impact. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's exciting to hear. Now, it sounds like you you definitely came from bottom up, and you've seen a lot <laughs> of change personally. How, how did you go from what sounds like a corporate environment to now with TRG, where you are consulting and advising other businesses Good question. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to say that, you know, obviously as an accountant, this is all pre-planned. I had this master strategy. Absolutely. That 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 wouldn't be quite the truth. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so let me see. So um didn't do Hmm. Didn't quite get to university because I didn't get the grades when I left school. Right. Uh, that's why I ended up being a management trainee, which sounds good, doesn't it? In a local supermarket chain, um, which seemed like something sensible to do at the time. Little did I know how important it would actually be. Right. Because um, what does an 18-year-old kid know about <laughs> managing people? Right. Uh, and funny enough, you work in a supermarket and you're looking after a shift and a load of the people there are older older than your parents you soon work out how to work with and manage people yeah um, on the other end of the scale you get your part-time workers who are kids the same age as me or slightly younger than me who are just doing part-time work and you've got to manage them as well so you know <laughs> you get the full spectrum anyway you know, having gone into accounting, I, I, you know, in in the early '90s, I I found myself um, uh, being moved to first to China and then to Vietnam, uh, and I, I was here in Vietnam as a finance manager for an oil company, um, and and come '94, uh, they said, okay, Rick, you've been here long enough, time to go home. You're going back to London. You're going back to head office. And that did not seem like a good idea. It was mm. 1994. The oil price <clears throat> was $15, $1, $5 a barrel, right. and it was still going south. Um, there was a big depression in, 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 uh, in, uh, in London at the time. And I'd been away for more than four years, and I hadn't met my five bosses. <laughs> so there wasn't... You know, I was I was a bit concerned when I stepped off that plane, I'd be stepping into, you know, nowhere. Um, right. And then I found out that they had a voluntary redundancy uh, program. So I made myself, so I volunteered for redundancy and I retired. Hmm. I retired, that was 30, whatever it is, 30, whatever, 30, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, next year I retired. Um, and and hmm. stayed in Vietnam at that time then? Hey, 30 years ago, I was 30 years younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, uh vietnam was a nice sleep relatively sleepy place compared well very sleepy compared to what it is today you know beautiful place mm -hmm. um you know i've just spent four years as a 
you could argue, as a young, overpaid expat working in the oil industry. So, yeah, why would I want to leave? Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> the downside is I, 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 I'm a workaholic or I was a workaholic. And throughout my accounting career, I'd always been a systems accountant. I've always played with computers. I'd always been implementing accounting systems. Okay. And I'd inadvertently done that for the four years I've been working uh, in Vietnam in this oil company because, well, what else would I do at the weekend apart from install an accounting system from one of my friends who happened to be the CFOs of every single international oil company that you can think of? Oh. So the vendor said, Rick, sign on this dotted line and you are a distributor. Carry on doing what you're doing. Sell. I go like, really? I'm an accountant. What do I know about that? But whatever. So I dove into that. And here we are, <laughs> nearly 30 years later, and we're doing the same thing. We've just done it in more places. I think it's 80 different countries now. And oh. and uh, I can't say I started off as one man and a dog because I didn't have a dog. <laughs> um, I just started off with me. And over time, I hired another person and another and another and another and another, and we got bigger. Sounds like, like you said, you know, as an accountant, you had a nice, well laid out plan <laughs> and you executed on it beautifully. That was, that's yeah, a, really great. Absolutely. Like, yeah, cool. Blank piece of paper. Why can't I put my feet up? I've just retired. I'm having a, you know, an absolute ball of a time here. Um, you know, the, the cost of living is, 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 is very exceedingly low at the time. Uh, and it's just fun, fun, fun. Yeah. Okay. And then, I started working for myself and it's like, oh yeah, I have 24 hours a day, seven days a week to work. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> That's fun, fun, fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it still is. So <laughs> we're 30 years removed from that life-changing event. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're working with a variety of businesses now. Is that correct? Yeah, but I own a bunch of businesses. We ended up going to several things. I mean, I'm still implementing accounting systems all around the world. So um, that's the bit that I really focus on because it's in my blood, as it were. Yeah. Um, you know, our IT side grew a bit more. Um, we've gone into outsourcing or offshore development center. So it's a small boutique side of the company, about 350 people in that. Okay. Uh, we're about 500 people overall. Um, okay. I got interested in people. Uh, well, I didn't get interested in people. I just didn't understand people. I'm an accountant. I understand numbers, right. um, but people aren't numbers, funny enough. Um, and, and I couldn't work out, you know, as we were getting bigger, I thought, how do we get bigger? Because I need more people. You know, I, I've got to hire the right people. How do I do that? What? Wh where's the formula for the people? <laughs> Right. No one taught me that. And these are not like the people who worked in the supermarket. I mean, these people have got two or three degrees, speak several languages and far smarter than I am. So, you know, I think some of those tactics, they work, but don't go that far. Uh, and then I, I, I discovered psychometrics, hmm. uh, as in psychometric testing and assessments. And I went really heavily into that about 15 years ago. And now, great, I have a formula for people, what the problem is. Uh, and I liked it so much, uh, I teamed up with a bunch of other people. We built our own. We built the better mousetrap. Okay. <laughs> so that's the other thing to do. That's another company. Uh, I like coffee. Um, so I picked up the franchise for this brand, PJ's Coffee of New Orleans. It's great coffee. It's okay. good coffee. And we we were their first, you know, for that uh, a U.S. franchise or U.S. brand, 
um, uh, Vietnam was their first international footprint. Oh, cool. Okay. So we cool. set up a couple of coffee shops here. Seemed like a good idea until the pandemic came. But that's another story. That's another story. Okay. Well, <laughs> so a multi, what I call a parallel entrepreneur instead of a serial entrepreneur, right? So lots of things going on. But as you yeah. as you consider the clients that you work with, you know, mm-hmm. our our audience is primarily made up of small and mid-sized enterprises. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of uh, services or capabilities are you bringing to the small, the kind of the SME world? To be honest, since, you know, my primary focus is accounting systems, which mm-hmm. is brilliant because it's very horizontal. Everybody needs accountants, whether you like right. them or not. Yeah. <laughs> and um, as far as I'm aware, a debit's still a debit and a credit's still a credit. And it doesn't matter if you're a, a global multi-billion dollar organization or a one-man show, maybe with a dog, who only just started yesterday. Right. Uh, your accounting requirements are still the same. You still need to maintain statutory books. You still need to do your tax returns and keep all those authorities happy, you know, the tax authorities happy and, you know, account for all that expenditure and all that revenue. Um, and so, as I said, it really doesn't matter if you're a one-man show or, or, you know, your accounting team's got hundreds of people in it and you're in hundreds of locations. It's still right. fundamentally the same. It's just some of the problems just get bigger. Um, <clears throat> so we actually <clears throat> use exactly the same system even if it's for a one-man show, okay, mm. or for our largest clients, you know, we've got them on cloud. They're running three, four, five hundred locations in dozens of different countries. Wow. Okay. With hundreds, if not thousands of users. Same system. Okay. Yeah. Debit's still a debit. Credit's still a credit. Yes, the reporting requirements in the bigger companies are more onerous because regional reporting, country reporting, global reporting, different, um, you know, accounting jurisdictions, different gaps to follow, IFRS, local, whatever, whatever, languages and all of that kind of stuff, different currencies. But it's still fundamentally the same, just a little bit more complex. Okay. okay? So, you know, obviously the, 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 the smaller projects take less days and the bigger projects take rather a lot of days. Yeah. And we, we, we have, we've had some, you know, um, actually, I'm just, we're working on a deal now and it's a customer that I sold. Uh, it's actually one of my, my bigger, it's a big breakthrough, the, 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 which is why we're still here. Um, I think it was 19, maybe about 1995 or 1996. Um, I got a call from someone. He says, Hey, you know, I met, you know, I'm a friend of whoever. Uh, some guy I knew, and he says, uh, you can do accounting systems. Can you pop over and see me? Because we need one. I said, okay. So I jumped on the plane and I popped over to Cambodia and went to see them, spent a few hours with them. He says, all right, we'll buy it, but I need it in by Christmas. But it was already November. I said, okay, fine. Uh, I'll cancel Christmas. I'll I'll be here. (laughs) Long story short, we had the system up and running on January the 1st. Okay. Um, telecommunications company, bit of an accident, didn't realize they're part of a global group. Long story short, I ended up selling to them globally, 16 different countries. Um, They got bought out, the one in Cambodia, several times. They're still our client. Yeah. 
what's that, 25 years or something like that. Um, so, you know, before we started the show, you were talking, you know, I, I was sort of asking, you know, who, who your listeners are uh, and, you know, what are, they, what are they really interested in? And I think maybe it's, it's the fact that I'm still around and the company's 30 years old next year. Yeah. Okay. Um, we must have got something right. <laughs> we, there's a lot of lack. <laughs> a lot of lack. Yeah. I think we, we did a few things right. Okay, we got a lot wrong, but we we did a, f- a, a a few things right. And it's it's really the sustainability that's really really important. Okay. Um, but, but what do you mean by sustainability? Go into that a little bit. Um, at the end of the day, I mean. W- We've got to we've got to be able to turn up as a company. We've got to turn up and deliver what we said we would deliver. Right. You know, rain or shine, pandemic or no pandemic. You know, mm. whether we're all hit by trucks or not, right. <laughs> the customer really couldn't care less if they contracted us to do something. We need to deliver. Okay. Right. So how do you do that as you scale? All right. I, right. I've spoken to. Uh, other folks like me or similar to me who are in a similar business around the world, because, you know, in the world, you know, in the area I've been, I've been doing it for 30 years. Um, And for the product that I've been doing, uh, which is, is is actually an American product now uh, from Infor, it's Infor Sun Systems. I've been doing it since 1988. So I'm one of the oldest people with the knowledge of that product on the planet right. <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so i know all the old fogies and yeah we're all a little bit old right um <laughs> and 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 my my question is okay it's it's great you know because in my community i've got people who've been with me for five years 10 years 50 years 20 years even 25 years okay wow. myself 30 you know they've been with me you know and they know a lot they know a lot okay yeah. a lot yeah. more than me um so how do we keep creating them so we have to keep creating them because mm. because i believe that you know maybe my generation i'm a baby boomer my generation we believe in lifelong you know uh, lifelong employment I, right. i'll join a company i'll stay there forever <clears throat> um current generation i don't think it's quite like that <laughs> <laughs> okay so so what does that mean it means that hey you need to be able to produce more of the people that you want quicker because the ones you have nothing maybe nothing to do with you they're not going to hang around it's it's just not not the way people are wired these days they're wired slightly differently right Uh, there's nothing right or wrong about that it's just a fact yeah okay so if you can't reproduce okay that person that you want to be able to deliver what your company is delivering then you've got a sustainability problem. What what are a few tactics that you've used that you, you know, looking back and like you said, you didn't have a formula for hiring. Clearly you're looking to create process or some kind of structure to help you with some of these things, but sounds like probably selection of employees, maybe onboarding, yeah, maybe it, how you structure the organization, the roles and responsibilities. Have you spent time in, in those areas? Well, for me is. I started out as the accountant and I understood accounting. <laughs> it was convenient that we were implementing accounting systems. I'm a little mm. bit technical, but I haven't got a degree in technology. I'm not, I can't program. Well, can, but not the way programmers can really program. Um, so I have to teach myself everything. 
and I have to teach myself very, very quickly. And um, like maybe some of your listeners, I started off as a company of one, me. Okay. And you've got to do everything. Right. And if you can't do something, you either learn how to do it very quickly or you find someone that you can afford to employ who can actually do it for you. Right. Okay. Um, I'm an accountant. I don't like spending money. So I spent my time trying to learn how to do absolutely everything, which on the one hand might sound good. On the other hand, it'll probably half kill you in the process. <laughs> there are only so many hours in the day uh, and you can't build it all yourself. Um, so anyway, I, I've always, you know, hired people. And when we were small, like, you know, we're a dozen people, two dozen people. We know the A to Z of each other and we're wor working alongside each other. So I'm, you know, I'm flying all around the world, implementing, I'm bringing some of them with me, you know, we're shadowing, we're helping each other. Then we start breaking the job down and okay, you do this bit, I'll do this bit. Um, and yeah, you, you have to build the process. You have to build the sausage factory. Right. You absolutely must. Yeah. Uh, Cause you can't do it yourself. Right. Um, and you have to automate it to death. Um, uh, which is easier these days. Now we have this wonderful generative AI. Um, and, um, you know, as as your team gets older and more experienced, well, funny enough, they get more expensive as well, don't they? So <laughs> they can't do the easy stuff anymore because it's a waste of time. It's too expensive for them to do it. So right. we need to keep enabling people below. So we've always, I've always been hire straight out of university and build them. Right. So in at the bottom and build them up. And if they leave, fine, they leave. Okay, I, I really don't mind. I, I wish I wish them the best of luck. Many people have come and gone and left the companies. I still see them, still mentor and coach some of them because I'm, I'm a coach as well. I forgot to mention that. Um, and um, yeah, uh, we have a lot of boomerangs and I think we have a double boom, a couple of double boomerangs. We might even have a triple boomerang. Okay, yeah, no, that... That reminds me early in my career, I was with the accounting firm, Arthur Anderson, and we had kind of that higher amount of college kind of, mm. it was more of an upper out kind of a mentality. Sounds like you're not necessarily an out, but you know, there's, there is some, some positives that um, come into play. Like you're saying, when people join you right out of school, they kind of learn your way as they leave and go into industry. Those are, prospects that might come back and, and, uh, you know, say, Hey, let's, let's go use the accounting system from the company I used to work with. Is that, do you see that happening? A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, so there you are. We, <laughs> we, 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 we have, a, we have a lot of that. We've had a lot of that. So yeah. there's a lot of business on a, a referral, you know, there, there's a good third healthy 30 to 40% that that's recurring business just through word of mouth and referral. Um, you know, that, that, that really helps with the sustainability of the organization. Um, yeah. Well, um, with this accounting system, uh, are you active here in the States? Is it primarily in Southeast Asia? Where, where's kind of your customer concentration? So we're in, we've sold into 80 different countries. So it's, wow. it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, and it really depends on the customer. I mean, um, we're, we're heavily exposed to um, hotels, 
and okay. we would target hotel chains. Hotel okay. chains are big. They have yeah. lots of hotels, lots of countries, lots of cities all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so we really uh, uh, follow the customer. But since since we're out here, since we happen to be here, um, probably about 15 years ago or so, um, we, we actually started selling more into the local market because originally it was zero mm. in the local market. It okay. was only export only because uh, it was pure pure labor arbitrage. Okay, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, today, I mean, local market is thirty to forty percent of our business. I'd say. Okay, may, 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 maybe less. Yeah. Um, yes, the market's bigger here, um, but um, in the days when you know pre-pandemic. Uh, when it's quite usual to jump on planes and fly to places, um, the team used to like to jump on planes and fly to places. <laughs> I mean, implementing a nice five-star hotel on some nice beach on some little island somewhere, you know, beats working in the city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, I one of the things I, I'd like you to, to share a little bit about is is a bit about your personal journey because for you to be the founder, the one man band, um, and to be able to, to grow yourself and continue to learn, uh, adapt to the growing needs of your organization, you know, that's that's pretty rare. Most most business owners, most founders will take a business so far, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 employees, but at some point they kind of tap out. They they get to whether it's they, they just don't want to grow anymore, they don't want to put in that effort, maybe it's just they feel they don't have the capability to do it, but you've been able to really navigate that growth, not just organizationally, but personally as well. Can you can it help um, business owners around the world? You know, what, what could you share with them how you were able to accomplish that? I think the key is, you know, as I said, in the organization, we're, we're hiring young, and we're trying to build and grow the person. We have to build the person that that we want, right? Um, and we have to arm them with all the hard skills because you know we're technology and accounting. You know we have to arm them with the hard skills to do what they need to do. Uh, and we've been doing that for decades. Um, and so therefore, we have a a very deliberate culture of constantly learning. One of our core values is Kaizen, which is known for continuous improvement, but our spin on it is, yes, it's continuous improvement um, of processes. Um, you know, so if something's gone wrong, that's an opportunity to improve the process, right? right. Um, you know, you don't have to argue about it. It's just, oh, okay, so the, the, the process doesn't cater for this once-off exception that we've never seen before, so we better change the process so we can cater for that once-off exception because maybe it'll happen again. So there's always a, a learning in it. Uh, now, the other side of that is um, lifelong learning. What are we learning every single day? How are we going to get better? Uh, right. And that's really, really, really important because now you know we've all experienced this AI thing. You know, it's, it's, it's just over a year old since since ChatGPT and you know OpenAI through ChatGPT at us uh, just over a year ago, and and it really has caused a lot of ripples uh, uh, across the world, and and it's you know things are moving very 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 quickly, 
Um, now, I'm still staggered when when I when I when I look at sort of surveys and I just ask around. Okay, who's actually using it? Mm -hmm. and, and it's the number of people who who haven't quite dipped their toe in the water yet, or they're still thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And again, like this, this, <laughs> this is a train wreck in the making. Um, you know, just because we don't understand it and just because it's moving quickly is not an excuse to avoid it. You know, we can't stick okay. our head in the sand. It's going to hit us and it's going to hit us hard. Um, so uh, maybe I'm a bit biased because I am in this technology world. And and if we if we, the moment we stop learning is the day we start moving backwards because all our competitors are learning. Everybody else in my industry is learning. They're all moving forward. So we don't have to just keep up. We need to stay ahead. Okay, so the 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 attitude has to be different. Like what is changing? What are the trends happening? What is the next new technology coming out? How will we harness it? How will it impact us? You know, what are all those what ifs? Being incredibly, insanely, annoyingly um, curious. So, you know, try and go back in time to to being, you know, a child where you're always asking why, uh, except since you're bigger and older now, there are not very many people to tell you to shut up. <laughs> carry on asking. Uh, you know, it's crazy that it's even a consulting skill, isn't it? Oh, you know, the five whys technique. <laughs> you know, why do you have, to, you know, why do you have to be decades old to be taught that? Because as a young child, we're telling them to shut up. Right, right. <laughs> <Probably> that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I encourage people just go out and learn. Learn something new every single day. Um, encourage all your people to learn. Uh, read. Read like crazy. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you, your, hmm? when it comes to learning, are, were, have there been certain kinds of things like books or seminars or, pop, you know, what kind of mediums have you relied on in the last 10 years for keeping that learning process going? Okay. Um, originally, it was always books. I'm an absolutely avid reader. Um and so I devour uh, information probably about it's 23 now, isn't it? Well, it's probably just over about 10 years ago. I think it was around 2012. I, I went to a Brian Tracy um, seminar uh, and there are a few things that he said that it, it, it really sort of started changing how I looked at things and how I changed goal setting. Uh, and uh, I realized how much I could learn you know i was I, I was here in vietnam so it's not as if we have all these great speakers popping popping around every other month um and uh, i realized how much i could learn from from an event like that so i started going to more and more of them okay um so so today yes i still read um but i taught myself to read insanely quickly okay. um and <clears throat> i i I've switched more to uh, audiobooks, um, mainly because it's insanely expensive to get a book shipped to this country at the moment. The the, the shipping's usually three times the cost of the book. Okay. Um, uh, and I, although I, I don't mind eBooks, I, I, I like I, I like I like a book in my hand. Yeah. Um, so I switched to audiobooks. I've stopped listening to music. So when I'm out doing my walks and things, I listen to books. 
uh, um, but an audio book can take you six, eight hours sometimes. So I've switched to book summaries. Um, if okay. I get a book summarized in 10 or 15 minutes, I go for a walk for an hour and I've read four books. Okay. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, know, you do that every day for a week. Ooh, you read several dozen books in the week. So yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a new topic by the end of the week, you know a lot about it because you've just covered a dozen books or a couple of dozen books and in a couple of weeks, it's several dozen books. Um, so that's one. Um, I, I do a lot of, um, I attend a lot of uh, uh, certification classes. Um, I mentioned generative AI. I've enrolled myself in a six-month um, AI uh, mastery course. That's on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So after this podcast at 11 o'clock tonight until 1 a.m., that's my <laughs> Thursday night and Friday morning. And I do the same on a Tuesday. And I'm learning all about AI. Wow. How really? to program using AI. Uh, how to link how to do all sorts of stuff it's it's fascinating it's a lot of fun as well um <laughs> okay well here it's fun it's lots of things yeah yeah you say you're a lifetime learner and clearly you're demonstrating that as well so that's that's great so the book summaries have helped you to get through more material book summaries yeah. yeah it's a good thing i i i i push people read 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 all the time read really really read and and if you can't be asked to read just listen to a book summary <laughs> you get the book in 15 minutes yeah. <laughs> uh, um and and again this is this is good for for younger folk you know i i had some new uh, yeah, a new person join the other day and he didn't make the mistake he he, he said Rick, could you advise me what to read around this subject? I said, really? He says, yes, really. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they didn't warn you? <laughs> All right. Okay, here's a list of 30 books you need to read around. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know the 30 books that they need to read. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, so I read them. <laughs> you know, these are all books on marketing. Oh, yeah, you just joined as a marketer. Why haven't you read them yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, th th that that that's good. Uh, so I, I do have this thing: is I get interested in things, uh, I want to learn about it, and if it really, really tickles my fancy, I want to really do it. I want to demonstrate that I can do it. I need to show people. I can. I need to prove to myself that I can do it. I even want to get certified on it. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, what, what kind of word of advice might you give to uh, particularly small and mid-sized business owners? Um, you know, you've, you've gone through that. You're now at, depending on, you know, the definition, at least mid-sized, <laughs> maybe large company no, kind of in that range. Okay. okay, good. <laughs> well, we'll we'll keep you in that. We'll 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 keep we'll keep you part of the team. Um maybe as you look back over the past 30 years, um you've already talked about being a voracious constant learner, but what what other advice might you give to a business owner, a CEO of an SME? Um I'd say if you haven't yet done it, there, there are a few key things that, that, that you need to have, especially as a business owner. 
um, although it actually applies to anyone to tell the truth, but we really talk about business owners, is number one, you need to have an absolute clarity of what your own life purpose is. Okay. Okay. You, you, you may have your own business and your business does whatever it does and it has its whatever purpose it does, but what is your own life purpose? Okay. I myself didn't actually establish mine until about five years ago. And since then, I have absolute clarity in what I need to do. Right. So I'm kicking myself that I didn't do it 30 years ago. Right. Because maybe we wouldn't be an SME or a medium-sized company. We'd be ginormous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm still happy. I'm still happy. Uh, uh, so, yeah, have absolute clarity uh, in your life purpose. And... Um, you know, earlier than this book, earlier in this year, uh, I launched my book, The Business as Unusual book. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the first chapter of that, I talk about life purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's surprising the number of people who don't have one. Um, uh, you know, I, I was at a luncheon today, funnily enough, and uh, there was a surprise guest. Uh, he's called the Marathon Man. He's run more than 300 marathons. Okay. Wow. He holds the world record as the guy or the man who's run the most marathons in one year in seven continents. Okay. Um, then the other speaker was an ultra marathoner. <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> you know, doing insane things like, oh, yeah. You, you know, on this 10 times triathlon or whatever it was, I don't even, I can't understand it, but I know the swimming was 38 kilometers. The cycling was 1800. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. It's insane. Okay? And I managed to speak to both of them. I got them, I got them on video. I'm going to be posting it soon. Um, Because they're both talking about goal setting and having a purpose having a life purpose interesting all right and and they both they have they have clarity in what it is now more or less but they only also found it in in the last sort of five to ten years um and you know it took them a long time to work it out and and one of the reasons why i wrote this book in the first place because it 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 was the pandemic that made me do it um because during the pandemic i realized that with all the disruption happening, right. you know, my analogy is pre-pandemic, great, we get up, we go to work, we go to the office, we sit in our queue, we jump on the hamster wheel. At the end of the day, we go home. Right. And we do that day in, day out. Pandemic came along, threw the office away, threw the cube away, and threw the damn wheel away. Okay, <laughs> And now, you know, now we're allowed to come back, maybe, Okay, because maybe there is no office anymore or you're supposed to work from home or halfway in between or hybrid or whatever the rule is that hasn't been decided or what it's going to be next month. You know, we don't know. All right. It's very confusing. And 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 that's if you got to keep your job, Uh, the gazillions who lost their job uh, uh, were less fortunate and maybe have had to pivot into something else. So having no purpose having no clarity in the first place of where you were supposed to go, how do you get back on track if you don't know where you were going in the first place? Right. So so to me, everybody's just going around. They don't know where they're going. They're lost. Mm-hmm. And this is what I feel is 
one of the things behind the great resignation, the great reshuffle, the great whatever, because people, you know, having worked weirdly for two years at home or wherever you had to work and going back, it's not the same. You can't go back to the way it was. It just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And how do we adjust? Again, it's adjusting. Uh, how do we manage this change? And that's why I so say we need to be an architect of change. We need to shape the future. Okay, how can we do that if we don't know where we're going? <laughs> how can we get there if we don't know where there is? You right. know, so with a life purpose, we know where there is. You know, so all the decisions that we make can be in alignment with that. And right. so when you're running a business, it's yes, the business has to have a purpose. You know, yeah, our purpose is helping you and your business shine. Okay, it's really, really simple. We're helping individuals and business. We want them to be successful. That's it. And we're going to do that by providing systems like accounting systems that they can just forget about because they actually work. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, my life purpose is I inspire and transform professionals for consistently higher achievement. It's in line with with uh, what the what the business is. And right. I grow people. I like growing people. Um, and um, another reason for, for writing the book is it's, it's stuffed with a lot of stuff that I know. A lot of my knowledge, I just, just take it, learn it, use right. it. Right. You know, use so, what you want, throw away the stuff that you don't like. You know, I pick and choose. I, you know, Instead of giving you one tool, I give you 10 tools on the same thing. You don't have to use them all. Try all 10. One of them's going to work. One of them you'll like, I hope. Uh, <laughs> and if not, let me know and I'll give you some more. <laughs> Literally. Um, but, you know, so, so, so the thing is, I think as you get older, you want to pass on the knowledge. Okay. And I said, why, why didn't I get more into that earlier on in my own business? Because the, the challenge I have now is, as I said, the company's 30 years old. I keep making the mistake that, Hey, you know, why don't the people know how to do this? You know, I only told them last year and they go, no, you didn't. That was probably 15 years ago. <laughs> really it's time gone by <laughs> okay all right so all right we've got to capture all this knowledge so right. you know for the last decade or so we're capturing all the organizational knowledge that we have and make it available to everyone in within the company mm. so i love systems you know mm. standard operating procedures sops we have hundreds of them okay hundreds of them you know if someone says how do we do that oh we don't have a process for that great go write it <laughs> uh, the process doesn't work anymore great throw the old process away build a new one um and, and that way if you have it all documented and I, I go further than that we actually put it onto an online learning platform so you can watch the videos and all that kind of stuff and self-learn it mm -hmm. as we've all learned to do during the pandemic right 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 <laughs> Uh, it means that anybody coming in uh, at that junior level, you know, or interns, here you go. Here's all our knowledge. Just go and learn it. Okay. You want that more senior position? Learn faster. Right. <laughs> That's it. Okay. And we encourage everybody, share your knowledge. Okay. So we, we you know, we, we encourage people to literally every week hold a session. Anybody can turn up, invite other people and share that bit of knowledge that you have. Okay, because if I learn this and you learn that, and then we do a knowledge sharing thing, I can learn from you what you learned, and you can learn from me what I learned, and you know, in the same amount of time, we learn a lot more. Right. Um, you have lots of people doing that, 
then that's great information uh, uh, exchange. It's it's you know really really putting the great minds together uh, and and forming something uh, you know uh, uh, a lot better. Um, and that love of learning. I don't know. Again, I'm biased. I, I look for people who like that. Sure. Uh, sure. I, I look yeah. for people like that, and 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 they like the culture that we have because we do that every day. <laughs> well, that's that's the theme I'm hearing. You know, you're you're talking about how the values of your organization really shape your culture, and then you're attracting people who want to be part of that culture and are a good fit mm. for that culture. And what it sounds like your last, um, you know, kind of insight and advice that you were giving is is really taking that same kind of approach that you've used for your organization and making them more personal. Just like you have a vision or a mission for your organization and values for the organization, let's be clear on what those are for you as an individual and that that can bring a lot of clarity. Um, yeah, no, I think those are, that's great. Um if if um, if our audience would like to connect with you, whether to talk about your book or just all the books that you read or <laughs> your accounting <laughs> systems, um, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Okay, well, anyone interested in continuing this conversation? Yeah. Um, or as you said, learning more about me or exploring more of my insights. Um, the best place is to go to my website, which is my name rickovanovich.com okay um, okay and there you'll find links to all the books uh that i've read uh well, all the books that i published <laughs> um i'm yet to put on there all the books that i've read that's <laughs> rather a large <laughs> job <laughs> for a webmaster i think he's putting it off don't know why uh <laughs> and uh i also have there uh all the podcast links to all the podcasts that i've been on uh and this one will also be there once it's published matt as well okay now that's... the other place where people can find me is of course linkedin okay i like i like linkedin just search for my name rick ivanovich and there is only one person on the planet with that name and that is me Oh, um, seriously, go Google it. You know, if you're curious, just go Google it and see if you can find anyone else. <laughs> okay. And of course, yeah, go and dive into the book. Uh, 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 the book's got lots of wisdom. And there are a couple of uh, Easter eggs that I've hidden in there, which are not, which are pretty obvious. And if you go to those links, you get tens of thousands of dollars worth of freebies. Oh, okay. Um, who's the audience? Who, who would you say is the market audience or target audience for the book? The book, um, this first book, because it's a trilogy, is Business as Unusual, you know, yeah. how to thrive in the new renaissance. So I wrote it from the perspective of the business owner, or okay. the business leader. Okay. Um, that being said, even if you're not a business owner or business leader, the concepts in there and the metaphor and the analogies that I've used in there apply to any individual. Okay. Because at the end of the day, we're all leaders. We're leaders of ourselves. Yeah, right? sure. Uh, and so it's really um, a roadmap, a blueprint for, for people to find a purpose, to find a direction. Um, sadly, too many people, you know, they're, they're not as happy as they should be. Um, or they don't feel as fulfilled as they should be. And they, 
they can't necessarily put their finger on it. Um, and they don't necessarily have the right, the formula of, well, how do I get out of this? How do I fix this? Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping the book can, can do that. So that's nope. the first book. Wonderful. Okay. So that's great. And again, if you want to reach Rick, uh, Rick, Ivanovich.com or also on LinkedIn. And he's a one of a kind apparently with his name. So you shouldn't have any problem finding him. Uh, business as unusual. Is that the correct title? Business that as unusual. Title. Okay. So pick up a book and uh, learn from the wisdom Rick has gathered over his 30 years of being an entrepreneur and growing a business sustainably. I'm sure there's insights that will benefit any business owner. So, Rick, I appreciate you being a guest today and uh, have a good evening there in Vietnam. And um, we, I want to th say thanks to our audience. We appreciate you joining this, this uh, episode and hope to have you listening in again. Bye now. Matt Pohl here. Thank you for watching this episode of Leaders of Lasting Impact. If you're a successful business advisor, I encourage you to go to leaders.rewildgroup.com where you can learn how to be a guest on our show. If you enjoyed the episode, please share on social media. You can also tag people that you think might be a good guest for our show. Just be sure to use hashtag leaders of lasting impact so we can see your comments and suggestions. We release episodes on a regular basis, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Finally, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews. Those go a long way with promoting our podcast. It really means a lot to me and our team. Learn more about the Rewild Group at rewildgroup.com, or you can follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.